When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away and will bring you back safely. One of my favorite things is the smell of fresh bread. When I was a child, the warm, soft scent filled the house, bringing us into the kitchen while my mother rolled and kneaded the dough, humming a song under her breath. The bread would rise over a few hours, she would push it down and knead it again. I began to bake in my own kitchen, and I recently decided to tackle loaves of bread. I put the yeast in a bowl with warm water and honey until it bubbled and frothed, then slowly began to mix in the flour and a pinch of salt, adding bit by bit until the dough could be rolled out onto the counter. I kneaded back and forth until it seemed right, plopped it into a bowl, and covered it so it could rise. After 30 minutes, it wasn't rising. An hour later, and it wasn't any bigger. I texted my sister, Do you remember what mom did to make her bread rise? I got a text back in a few minutes, with the reply, She sang to it. The first teller for this episode is Pam Farrow. Since 1988, she has earned her living by offering top-quality storytelling performances, workshops, keynotes, and retreats at schools, libraries, churches, theaters, and festivals. From Denver to Chicago, New Orleans and Atlanta to St. Louis and San Francisco. From Sydney to Toronto, from Oxford to Wittenberg to Rome. The story she has for us today is an Aesop classic that she weaves into a tale about wit and wisdom in Mira Massimo. Hace muchos años, a long time ago in Mexico, on a farm outside of town, there lived a farmer, and his name was Massimo. One day, it was market day, and Massimo needed to go to town. He didn't have anything to sell that day. No, but he had some things he needed to buy. And so he stepped out onto his front porch, and he called back into his house to his son. Mijo, ven acá. Vamos al mercado. Let's go to the market, my son. And big Massimo and his son stepped across the yard to the barn. They went inside the barn. When they came out of the barn, they were holding a long rope, and at the very end of the rope was their little gray burrito. Now, maybe you know, maybe you don't know, burrito is a Spanish word for donkey. Yeah, I'm not talking lunch here. We're not talking burrito. No, a burrito. So Massimo in front, holding the rope, his son in the middle, y el burrito at the back, on the end of the rope, the three of them headed on down the road. It was a fine day, so they didn't mind the long walk down the long, curvy road into town. They went around the first curve in the road. They went around the second curve in the road. And around the third curve in the road... 
they came upon a group of los hombres, los trabajadores. See, young, strong working men who had been out working since before the sun was up, and now they were tired, and they were hot, and they were sweaty, and they really wanted to rest, and just then they saw... Massimo and his son and the donkey, and they said, Mira, Mira Massimo, Mira, Mira, Mira Massimo. Look at that Massimo, they said. Here he is, walking all the long way into town, he and his son together. It's a hot day. They have that sturdy little donkey, but no one is riding on it. What do they think a donkey is for? El burrito sabe más que tú. ¡Qué tontísimo! ¿Tontísimo? They called Massimo tontísimo. He didn't like being called silly or even a little bit stupid. No, Massimo didn't like this at all. So he thought, hmm, maybe I should change something. So he looked around and... Uh, And then um, he decided, uh, Mijo, ven acá. Sube, sube el burrito. Come here, son. You get up on top of the donkey. So his boy got up on top of the donkey, sat on the burrito's back, and that little burrito looked up. Hmm. This was unusual. Usually when they went into town, nobody was riding on his back. They would put packages on his back for the trip home. But, well, okay. With one of the boy's leg on each side of him, the donkey carrying the boy and Massimo in front, they headed on down the road. They went around another curve in the road, and then another and yet another, and around that curve in the road, they came across another group of men. Now, these were not young, strong, working men, no. These were los viejitos. The old men with their big sombreros y sus barbas largas, their big long white beards, and they were talking about todas las problemas del mundo. <laughs> yes, all the problems of the world they were wanting to solve, and that day they were talking about los jóvenes. See, the young people today, they do not respect their elders, and some of these parents, they let their children get away with everything and then they saw Massimo and they said Mira Mira Massimo Mira 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 Massimo Look at that Massimo they said to each other It is just as we were saying Here they are going into town and the young strong boy is not letting his father ride. No, the young, strong boy is riding on that burrito, making the poor old father disrespectfully walk all the way into town. Have you ever seen such a thing? There is no respect. It is just as we were saying. Que lastima. Que tontísimo. Well, Massimo heard them as well. And once again, they were calling him... Tonto, tontissimo. He says, I'm not silly, I'm not stupid. This is what we do every week. Well, my boy is writing. But the other men were saying, oh, maybe I should change something. 
So he said to his son, Baje, baje, mijo, come, get down off of that burrito. The boy got off of the donkey, and big Massimo swung his big, thick leg over that little burrito's back, and he sat down with all of his weight, and that little burrito looked up and went, oh, <gasps> big Massimo almost never rode on this burrito's back, but he straightened himself as best he could. So with Massimo on the burrito's back and the boy in front holding the rope, they headed on down the road. They went around two more curves in the road when they came upon a group of Las Mujeres. See, the women were out there, and they were hanging up their clothes to dry in the sunshine and in the breeze. And they saw Massimo, and they began. Mira, 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 Massimo. Look at that Massimo, they said. Have you ever seen such a thing? There they are, going the long way into town with their burrito. <laughs> and Massimo... The father, the adult, the one with the long, strong legs, the one who is to be the protector of his children, he is riding on that burrito and making the poor little boy walk all the long, dusty way into town. Oh, pobrecito, que lastima, Massimo. Que tontísimo. Well, Massimo heard them. And now he was really at a loss of what to do, but he thought to himself, well, I guess I should change something. So he thought some more, and finally he said, Ven acá, mijo, conmigo. And he got his son up on the burrito with him, and the two of them together were sitting on that donkey, and that little burrito's ears went back, and he went, mm-hmm. This was not what he was used to, but there was nothing for it. The burrito had to go down the road with the boy and big, heavy Massimo, both on his back. They went around yet another curve in the road, and there they came upon a group of los niños con sus perritos. The children were out there playing with their dogs like they did every week, and they saw them, and they began. Mira, 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 Massimo. Look at that Massimo, those children said to each other. Every week we see him going into town. He lives so far out. It is such a long way. And he buys so many things. He puts so many big, heavy packages on that poor burrito's back to carry the long way back home. And now today, today, he is making the burrito carry not only the boy, but also himself. Big, fat Massimo on top of that burrito. Pobrecito burrito. Que tontissimo! Oh, Massimo was beside himself. I'm not cool to my animals. I don't think I'm tonto, but everybody's calling me tontissimo today. What shall I do? I must change something. So, Massimo got down off the burrito. He got a son down off the burrito. And right there by the side of the road, there were two little trees. He cut them down. He cleared them of the branches. He made them into two long poles. And then he took the long rope. And he tied up the donkey's four feet together. And he hung the donkey upside down on the poles between him and his son. And they began to carry that burrito down the road, hanging upside down, bouncing and swaying on the poles between them with the boy in front and Massimo behind. And Massimo was thinking, I'm giving my burrito a nice rest. The burrito was thinking, 
Whoa! And they got around the last curve in the road, and there was the edge of town. And all the people turned round and saw them, and they said, Mira! <laughs> Mira! <laughs> Mira! <laughs> they laughed louder and louder and more and more. And the burrito heard them. And that little donkey began to get nervous. And then he got scared. And they began to tremble and jiggle and wiggle and struggle. And pretty soon, all four of the donkey's feet came free of the rope. He landed on his feet. He ran down the road and disappeared. And Massimo never saw that little burrito again. And Massimo stood in the middle of the road that day. And Massimo scratched his head. And Massimo learned something that day. He learned that if you have figured out a way to do something that works just fine for you, and it doesn't hurt anybody, well, maybe you don't have to be so worried about what others might think even if they think you are a little bit tonto. Are you looking for heirloom furniture, gifts, or other pieces to decorate the home of a loved one or your own palace? Geppetto & Son Carpentry create some of the finest finished, handcrafted pieces in the forest. From four posters to simple jewelry boxes, cabinets for your cabernet, fine wooden containers for keepsakes, like your loved one's heart, to toys, whether it's building blocks or marionettes. Geppetto & Son Carpentry, a father-son business, know how to make your dream a reality. And unlike Pixie products, the work Geppetto & Son create will last generation after generation. Their intriguing pieces have been featured in the magazine Fairy Tale Cottage Homes and Gardens and Queen Cinderella's Style Blog, as well as Furniture of the Year in many other magazines. Also available various oils and polishes and quality furniture repair. If it's made of wood, call Geppetto and Son. Fair prices, no strings attached. Did you know that all the patrons of the podcast have the unique ability to never burn toast and are patrons of the arts? You can too for as little as $4 a month. A big thank you to all the patrons who make this podcast possible. If you want to hear me make up fairy tale facts about you, then maybe you should become a supporter too. It would be pretty cool. Mom sang to it. That's what I was missing. I looked at the dough. A sad little lump of flour and water. Pulling it out and plopping it on the counter. Puff of flour drifting into the air. I began to knead it slowly and sing the first song that popped into my head. Where have all the flowers gone? Long time passing. The dough got softer. I sang some of my favorite oldies. Listen to the rhythm of the falling rain. Telling me just what a fool I've been. The dough seemed lighter when I put it in the bowl. I sat down to read and in 30 minutes it had risen so much it was falling over the edges. I scooped up the extra dough, put it in another bowl and sent a picture of it to my sister. Too much singing, I texted? She wrote back quick. I would say so. Mom only ever sang it one song. I cooked up eight loaves that day and gave them away with a song. 
The second teller for this episode is Billy Babu, an international award-winning storyteller and author of Rubinder Hood, Prince of Course, based on an Indian Robin Hood, which is available on Amazon and Waterstones. He's from Wolverhampton, England, and he brings a classic and delicious story to this episode, The Gingerbread Man. Hello, I'm Billy Babu, the storyteller. And today's story is The Gingerbread Man. Once upon a time, there was an old man and an old woman that lived in a little old farmhouse. They had a cat, a cow, and a horse. And the old man would go outside and plant seeds and grow vegetables. And the old woman would be inside either knitting or cooking. Sadly, they had no children, even though they longed for a child. One day, it was a nice sunny day. The old woman opened the window and said to the old man that she was going to make a gingerbread man. He was very happy. He put his thumb up and licked his lips. She went back inside. She put the apron on. She put the oven on. She started getting everything ready. She picked up a bowl. She got her butter eggs and flour and then she started making the gingerbread man soon she'd made a nice little gingerbread man and put it in the oven to be cooked she sat down oh she was tired she wiped her forehead she opened up a can of pop poured it and drank then closed her eyes to have 40 winks Then soon, it was time to take the gingerbread man out. She put her gloves on, turned off the oven, fetched out the gingerbread man and lay him on the table. She used currants to make his eyes. Then she got the icing. She gave him two beautiful little ears, a beautiful nose, and then she got some nuts to put in to make him a beautiful mouth. Then she got some chocolate buttons One, two, three, four. And she made him a beautiful little coat. Just then, this beautiful golden gingerbread man came to life. It lifted itself up from the table. Gingerbread man, gingerbread man, she said. She called her husband. He came running in. They both stood there and they said, Oh, gingerbread man, we've got no children. We've always wanted a child. Please stay with us and we will love you. We will clothe you. We will feed you. We will give you everything. But the gingerbread man said, Oh, no. And jumped off the table and said, Run, run, as fast as you can. You can't catch me. I'm a gingerbread man. He ran towards the kitchen door. There was the cat. The cat was slurping its milk, and the cat said, Wow, gingerbread man, meow, come here, I want to eat you with my milk. The gingerbread man said, Oh, no, run, run as fast as you can, you can't catch me, I'm a gingerbread man, and went out through the kitchen door. The old man, the old woman, and the cat chased after the gingerbread man. 
The gingerbread man ran, and he went past the cow. The cow went, Gingerbread man, come here, let me chew you. The gingerbread man said, Oh no, run, run as fast as you can, you can't catch me, I'm a gingerbread man. The old man, the old woman, the cat and the cow started chasing after the gingerbread man, but he was too fast for them. Soon the gingerbread man came to the gate. Up and over the gate he went into the field. In the field was a horse eating away at the grass. The horse lifted up its head. Gingerbread man, come here, I want to eat you. The gingerbread man said, Oh no, run, run as fast as you can, you can't catch me, I'm a gingerbread man. The old man, the old woman, the cat, the cow and the horse all chased after the gingerbread man. But he was far too fast for them. Through the woods he went. And then, from a tree, dropped a snake. Gingerbread man, come here, I want to eat you. The gingerbread man said to the snake, Oh no, run, run as fast as you can, you can't catch me, I'm a gingerbread man. And he went as fast as he could. The old man, the old woman, the cat, the cow, the horse and the snake all chased after the gingerbread man, but he was far too fast for them. Soon the gingerbread man reached a little small river. What was he going to do? He couldn't put himself into the river. The water would melt him away. He stood there thinking, and then from behind the tree, a sly fox appeared. Oh, hello, he said. Can I help you? I can swim. And the gingerbread man says, Oh, no, you just want to eat me. Oh, no, no. And the fox said, Oh, don't be silly. I don't like gingerbread men. I'm going across, I'll give you a lift, get on my tail. The gingerbread man knew that he had no choice. He had to get onto his tail to get across. So he jumped onto the fox's tail. The fox dipped himself into the water and started to swim across, but gently dipped his tail into the water. The gingerbread man got a little bit frightened and complained, so the fox said, Why don't you get into the middle of my back? It's drier there. So the gingerbread man moved up into the middle of the fox's back. Then the fox, being very, very sly as he was swimming across, dipped his back a little bit more into the water. The gingerbread man got frightened and the fox said, Why don't you jump onto my head? It's much drier up here. So the gingerbread man moved to the head of the fox. The fox was very, very sly. He decided to dip himself a little bit more into the water. And the gingerbread man was becoming even more frightened. So the fox said, Why don't you get onto the tip of my nose? It's very dry there. You won't get wet. By this time, he'd nearly reached the other side. And as he was beginning to get out of the water, the fox just flicked his head back. The gingerbread man went up into the air and was coming down and knew that this was going to be the end of him. 
The fox opened his mouth even wider. And he gobbled up the gingerbread man. He turned around and he could see the old man, the old woman, the cat, the cow, the horse and the snake. He smiled at them and he said, You win some and you lose some. Have a nice day. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Pam Farrow and Billy Babu on the internet. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. You can find me and the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Story Story Podcast or Rachel Ann Harding. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was a story seed from Laura Packer. You can find her lovely story and writing prompts by looking her up on social media. Check out the ads for the fairy tale sponsors and let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. If you would like to become a supporter of the podcast or discover sponsorship opportunities, you can find links on storystorypodcast.com. If it isn't in the cards to support the podcast right now, no worries. Perhaps you'd be willing to go write a review on iTunes, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the podcast. Head over to the website and join the mailing list for hidden goodies. And if you tune in, you'll hear more stories next week. But until then, live happily ever after. Mary-Kate opened up the door, and there, on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court.